0: If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321. Give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast.
1: Southern California in the winter. I I don't want to let everyone out there know, but what is it, like 75 degrees outside and sunny? It's awful. It's terrible. Uh, They're expecting about one quarter of an inch of rain on Monday, and then sunny again. Dang it. How's it going? Uh, so good. So we've been in this, I, I think it's been a great conversation, and we've been going over really Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, and it simply reads, hear, O Israel the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. I'm going to pray real quick. Dear God, yes to everything you give us. Amen. Um, (laughs) So, so, it's been, it's been great, right, because just so little context, by the time Jesus hits the scene, the people of Israel have been praying this prayer in the morning and night for about 600 years, right? So it's, it's, it's in them. I mean, they teach their kids to do it, people are doing it, and look, we've been going through this time of prayer, fasting, and this prayer did act as a prayer prompt. For those of you that may not know, we're offering prayer prompts on the website, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, this prayer acted as a prayer prompt for many people, but for some of them, and maybe with the prayer prompts that we have for some of us, we just kind of go through them, right? Hero Israel, the Lord is one, uh, the Lord, the Lord, Lord, and awesome. And now I got to get to work because it is a bear of a day out there, right? And holy cow, right? And then at night, at dinner, whenever oh, hero oh Israel, the Lord, we love him with all your heart, all your great job, and that's not bad, right? Because it beats cussing out your family at the dinner table, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it is it is a logarithmic order better than that. So I'm not poo-pooing because look, a lot of my prayer life and prayer prompts have been a little bit like that. So that's okay, right? But what's been cool during this time is that. We've got to, through, to journey with this, and we've discovered that heart, for when this was written, heart meant the will. And what's awesome is that, that we have choice, right? Because we get to choose to do this or not do this. I mean, that's a whole different discussion. Maybe we do, maybe we don't to some degree. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, and then the soul, is our spirit, as it joins up with God's spirit or other spirits, that's a different talk, Um, and then there's the mind, right, this idea that, oh, we got to take thoughts captive, and the reason taking a thought captive is so important is because other people and forces are trying to capture your thoughts, Okay, I I spent a great day yesterday watching commercials, Um, and there was some things with those commercials that didn't, like, resonate with me. They were trying to capture my thought. There's this collagen product out there that they promise that if you take it, it will speed up, you know, you will burn 12 times more calories than you burn when working out whoo, baby, how many of you are captured by that? (laughs) Well, they're they're, they're trying to capture me. However, I have a rough idea of how many calories I burn when I'm working out, and it's around 300. If I'm really pushing it, maybe four. 300 times 12 (laughs) is 3,600 calories. I'm out. There's no way I'm burning more calories in one hour than I burn in a day and a half. They failed, but they're trying. But if we're not taking the thoughts captive and you are bummed because you wish you didn't have as much size on you, you might, you actually might be captured. But you're not just wasting your time, you're wasting your hope and that's devastating and i get to talk about strength today <laughs> no no i heard somebody say oh please anybody want to guess who that was <laughs> that's awesome i get to talk about strength and here's here i want you to journey with me kind of ride along with me and i'm i'm going to propose That every single one of us in this room has displayed feats of strength, maybe just to get here. Every single one of us, everyone out there listening, you have displayed feats of strength your entire life. And some monumental. Some of us here have survived cancer, have survived divorce, have survived car accidents, have survived depression. We are strong. You are strong. Some of us here, we are so strong that there are people who have tried to ask for forgiveness, and we in our strength have said, no, I am so strong that I see you over there, almost groveling, to try to repair this relationship? No! That's awesome, right? Some of us are so strong that we daily convince ourselves that we are stupid idiots that will not amount to anything, despite the fact that you're here not naked, which means you got to accomplish at least putting clothes on and bathing yourself, right? So, and that is, in some cases, a monumental feet of strength. So I'm here to, to uh, have you just maybe for the next little bit ride with me and say, oh, that's true. I, I am strong. Just this week, just this week, I witnessed siblings, not, not me and my brothers, by the way, other people, Siblings absolutely commit themselves to not getting to not agreeing to some simple things. And both of these men, they are strong, and I got to see it. I'm all that's awesome. You are my elders. What a lesson! Strength is available to every single one of us. So, in this verse, the word that is translated into strength and in some translations might, is the Hebrew word me'od or me'odecha, which when translated actually means very or exceeding. Which it could be translated, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your veriness or exceedinglyness, meaning that in this verse, what we're seeing is that heart, soul, mind, all of it—like your guts, your every bit ofness—love God with that. Love Him with all your everyness, with your every bitness, with your very little itty bitty big bits, all of it, with your guts have you ever loved someone with your guts? <laughs> I have. Two of them, I got to see them birthed out of a female. It was crazy. <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't know how much of my bits were going to love these people. And then also one day, a girl walked into, I believe it's a biology class. I don't know. Was there something there? Um, And dude, something went, what was that? My bits, every bit of it. (laughs) Thank goodness I got to marry that one. Uh, um, And it was like, man, I've had that experience where I've loved with my, every bit of it. Now I've also resented with my everyness, with my very bits. Ooh, I heard that sigh. (sighs) That's awesome. Uh, I've also refused to forgive with my heart, with my soul, with my mind, with my everyness, with my bits, with all of it. And when that happens, who can relate to this? All right, right. anybody want to name names? I'm kidding. Um, And what's opened up for me here is that, man, there is a way to check in where your heart, where your soul, and where your mind is tethered. What it's tethered to. So when you have that experience where somebody walks into a room, <sighs> Newman. <laughs> Look it up. That's a Jerry Seinfeld reference for those of you young people. Um, when, when that, that actually is God, the universe, giving you information right away that your heart soul, mind, and everyness is tethered to something. The awesome thing is that most of us, and I'm saying us, we get to listen to worship music, we get to read scripture, we get to interact with scripture, we get to chew on it, and also when we have that experience, we get to ignore what that's tethered to. And we wonder why transformation's not happening. Oh, my anger, heart, soul, and mind. My anxiety, heart, soul, and mind. My resentment, heart, soul, and mind. My disgust. You ever been disgusted by something or someone? My disgust, heart, soul, and mind. It's tethered to something, but I'm so strong, I can ignore that the rest of my life. And then ask this question. Why is my life not changing? And then I go to this thing, church, where they tell me that the spirit of God is alive and it's supposed to be transformative and it's not happening. God's not changing me. God fails. God doesn't work. Church doesn't work. All of which may be true. Church might not work. And is it also possible that your ignorance of this thing is keeping you from the life you claim to want. I'm a gifted ignorant. (laughs) I have ignored so much in my life. Like, so good. And you know what's so good is that the problem is I'm also perceptive. So I'm ignoring something, and then people all around me will... Oh, have you, have you, have you considered, have you, have you, have you, have you, have you, and honestly? No! <laughs> and of course, it, it, it's, it's stirring me up, it, it makes me mad. You ever have anybody bump you with the have you, have you, have you, because you have been such a good ignorant that, that it upsets you, makes you mad when they point it out? well, you have no idea what my week is like. Do you know what I'm dealing with? Or maybe you just say it internally. And that's the best strategy because what happens is that your stress hormones like climb real high and, you know, you, some of us lose our appetite when our stress levels are high, so that's great because now we're getting ulcers and losing weight at the same time, so good. Um, and now some of us, though, when we get stressed, man, we just eat Anybody want to guess what kind I'm at? Am, am I a guy who doesn't eat when stressed or eats when stressed? Just a guess. Eat. Yeah, I eat. I eat. I eat like a madman. I like, I, I like donuts, <laughs> Twinkies, I mean anything, anything. It's like I've had a stressful few weeks, and I've, I'm not exaggerating. I've had about, I don't know, 15 hamburgers in the last few weeks. It's, yeah, yeah, so it like, so that's, that's, that's my ignore ant strategy. And everyone around in my family who knows me well knows. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, because I'm strong. Hmm. Is there something you wanna to talk, to, talk about? What, you know what's going on in my life. I don't wanna talk about this. Just take me to Burger King. Amen. (laughs) And so this is the clue right here. When you notice that you're jumping to something, it's a great opportunity to see what you're tethered to and where your heart, where your soul, and your mind is. Because that's where your variness is, your gutness, your wholeness. So if you're tethered to resentment, it's good to be aware. And it's also good to bring someone in to start talking about that. And this is what this verse is actually helping us look at. It's helping us to move into how do we become a person, how do we become a people that are less or that that actually have a strategy to overcome ignorance of self. And what's so cool is when you are tied to resentment, anxiety, anger, when you're tied to that, who is the center of focus? Me. So I am the center of focus. I can tell you that when I'm in those states, which happens often, I can't think of what other people are feeling or where they are. Literally what happens is that you become blind to the emotional state that other people are in around you. And you start exuding all kinds of stress hormones which is great because then guess when you exude all kinds of stress hormones, you know what kind of people or what kind of attitudes you attract? Stressed out people. people. And actually people who, and depending, depending on how powerful you are, depending on, you actually take less to stress people and stress them out. So what's so cool is when you walk into the room, people are all, Newman. (laughs) And you become the one. Because you literally, at, at a physiological level, are exuding stress. And you're breathing shallow. What? Can you just get it done? Seriously? The dishes, again? And then people don't want to be around you because your heart, soul, and mind are tethered to this whole other story. And you are a self-centered ignorant now. I am a self-centered ignorant now. Anybody relate to this? It's like magic. (laughs) It's like we have the power of magic. We could stress the crap out of people around us. (laughs) <laughs> we, we 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 have that giftedness. We are so strong that we can turn our variness and just wreck people's lives. Right? So cool. <laughs> Literal home wreckers. Oh. oh sorry. Um, now here's what's interesting. Jesus hits the scene. And if you don't know who Jesus is, look him up. So Jesus hits the scene and says, you know, he's having a conversation with a group of people and someone comes up to him and asks him, hey, Jesus, what's, what's the greatest commandment? Is that up there? No, it's in Matthew. Matthew. Um, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus, who's just awesome, and you know what I I like about Jesus is that Jesus is always riffing on what's true and lovely. So he's in this presence where his heart, soul, and mind, his very essence is tethered to love. We've heard it said so often, God is love. What does that mean? It means that he's tethered to seeing all the goodness around him in in any moment. He's tethered to seeing all the opportunity, everything that's lovely. So they come up to him and they ask, So, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he's a ninja, man. And he says, Well, you know, you've heard it said that love the Lord your God with all your heart, which is your will with all your soul, which is your very spirit, and with all your mind, because you're taking your thoughts captive and not allowing less than love capture your thoughts. You've heard it said, that, and that's, that's the greatest commandment. And then he goes Old Testament, which actually it's all he had available to him, so that's not such a big deal. Um, so, so then he goes to Leviticus, and Leviticus 18.19 says... And love your neighbor as yourself. So actually, Jesus wasn't introducing anything new into the conversation. He just was disrupting their pattern because they had been doing the love your Lord, your God, hearts almighty, day and night, day and night, but, but, but had lost context. You ever been there? And he says, And the second one's just as good as the first one, meaning that the first one may be more important than the second one. Doesn't matter, it's all the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on this, the whole teaching of God's love rests right here. What are you talking about? Love your neighbor as yourself? Wait a minute. This is where everything changes with Jesus. So Jesus is saying, tether yourself, tether your heart, your will to love. How does that show up in one's life? You know how that shows up in the very smallest things? If you tether your heart, your will to love, and you walk by a sink full of dishes, you think about the people that it impacts, and you think, wow, love would do those dishes so that the people I live with don't have to. Man, wouldn't that be, okay, so I will do the dishes. For nothing else than I get to see the people in my life a little more joyful. Okay. Okay, my spirit, my soul. How does that show up? Now, if I'm tethered to resentment, I don't even hear that person. All I'm hearing is my own internal dialogue about what they are. I don't ever consider what I am, but what they are. Love says... I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to listen to them so intently that I'm going to sweat as I listen to them. And I'm not going to stop listening to them until I sweat. And I'm not going to judge. I'm going to listen because something is happening over there where maybe I can be a bridge to them. Oh, wait a minute. I can be a bridge to them. Is that loving my neighbor as myself? I'd really love it if they were a bridge to me when I needed it. Holy cow. Okay. So what I heard you say is, so that you repeat to them, because you notice you're not sweating yet. So you paraphrase, and you're like, oh, I get it. And when you're about them, you know what happens to judgment? It kind of transforms into an assessment as to how can I be there for them. Now what if your mind is tethered to love? Hmm. I heard the hmm over here. Okay. My mind is tethered to love. So when all those thoughts about what that person lacks is tethered to love, I start seeing the beauty in them. I've actually personally had this experience where I actually started seeing the glint in that person's eyes. And it's a glint I hadn't seen before. Not that the glint wasn't there. You know that little glint you see in people's eyes that you love? I all of a sudden saw that and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is amazing. And when you take your thoughts captive, what happens and you're tethered to love, you don't start thinking, oh, I've missed it so much with this person I can't believe what a wretch. No, 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 no. Oh, wow. Thank you, God, that I can see them now. And when that becomes your variness, holy cow. So my variness, my strength becomes love. And little trick, little little pro tip here. That's probably only going to take the rest of your life. Who's up for that? But when we start living like this, we can love our neighbor as ourselves. And we're not gonna get it perfect every time because there, look, there's a moment that I'm still kind of processing. There's a moment in Luke where Jesus, right before the whole process to getting killed, could you imagine? Could you imagine knowing you're gonna be Murdered within the next 24 to 36 hours? Can you imagine what that would feel like? Like you knew for certain that you were going to be murdered and there there was nothing you were going to be able to do about it. So Jesus has that moment right around 24, 36 hours before he's going to be murdered. Oh, and by the way, nailed to a cross. Nailed and strapped to a cross. That sounds like fun. And he goes to pray, and in that verse in Luke, it says he is filled with agony. His heart, his soul, his mind, his every bitness is tethered to agony. But Jesus knows the power of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and loving his neighbor as himself. And in a moment he says, okay God, if you could take this whole process, this cup from me, do it. But he knows that that's not what loving his neighbor is all about. So he says, but not my will, because in this moment, I'm going to tether my heart to your love, my, 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 my heart, my soul, my mind, my very strength, because I so love the people. I'm here to redeem into a life of full beauty. My challenge here for all of us is that this is available to every single one of us. This, if you want to call it formula, I don't want to call it a formula, but I did call it a formula, so maybe I do want to call it a formula. Um, Because it's not that, it's like what I'm going to encourage everyone here is to check in. Like in this moment, check in with any emotion or feeling that you have, and I'm going to give us about 30 seconds to do that. Just wherever you're at, check in with whatever emotion or feeling is going on in you. Okay. What's it tethered to? Can you put a word to it? Is it fear? Is it love? Is it resentment? Is it care? Whatever it's tethered to, put it through this little test. Okay, whatever it's tethered to, where's your will with that emotion or thing? Your heart. Where's your spirit in relationship to what it's tethered to? Where's your mind? And... Is it loving your neighbor, or is it satisfying yourself? Okay, everybody shake that one off. (laughs) Because we're not gonna stay here. That same emotion, or that same person, whatever it is, I want you now, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds and I'll give you a little prompting here. Now tether your heart or your will to love in reference to that emotion or that person. So tether your heart to love as it relates to that person's situation. Now tether your soul to love when it comes in relationship to that person or that situation. So you're very spirit. You can even do something really crazy right now and actually pray for that person or situation. You don't have to do it long, take five seconds. Now tether your mind, your thoughts, take the thoughts captive and tether them to love in relationship to that thing or that person. And now your strength, your veriness, your exceedingliness, is tethered to love. And I don't know if you noticed when you tethered it to love, where you anchored it in love, it all of a sudden did become loving your neighbor as yourself. Dude and dudettes, that is heaven on earth right there. Always available. Always available. And available because Jesus went to the cross to show us that even in your agony, you can change it all and tether it to love. The gift that Jesus did is that he unleashed that power into the world. And we are not only the recipients, we get to give that Away every day in every way to everyone around us. Here's my prayer for every one of us here love with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your spirit, with all of your will, with all of your mind so that your veriness gives you a long life where you are bringing people into this radical love. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have a great day, guys.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.